Hi, we're Happy Cabbage Analytics, and you're listening to The Capitol After Hours. Happy Cabbage is a data analytics company focused on empowering cannabis retailers to make data-driven decisions. On this podcast, we'll share unique industry insights, data that goes against the grain, and business solutions that have the power to transform your cannabis business. This is Andrew Watson from Happy Cabbage Analytics, and welcome to the After Hours session with Happy Cabbage Analytics. I myself have come just back inside from uh, enjoying a little GMO joint by Goodflower. Got a little bit of LaCroix here, drinking some water, and I'm going to talk to you folks about data, which is probably my favorite thing to go into at around 9.45. And specifically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, well, it's less about data and it's more about value, right? Data, schmeda in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> I always like to say that, you know, I could give you data, I could measure the temperature of your room every nanosecond for a minute, and that would give you 60 billion data points, which is a lot of data, but that's not probably very useful because what are you going to do with 60 billion data points of temperature of your room, even if the temperature is down to like, you know, the millionth or trillionth of a degree? Particularly, most people don't really need that, you know, particularly they don't really need it about their rooms. It's not really relevant. It's not really useful. A much more useful piece of information would be if I let them know what the temperature in their room is likely to be in four hours, which, you know, maybe most people don't even care about that. They're like, well, whatever. Temperature in my room is a cool 70 degrees all the time. That's how I like it. That's how it is. What does it matter if in four hours it's 70 degrees? Well, what if I then told you, how about this? Most of the time I won't talk to you at all. But if I think that in four hours, the temperature of your room may potentially, because of a bunch of external factors and data, drop to 20 degrees, or maybe that's a little extreme, drop to, let's say, 55 degrees. I know a lot of people who would not want their room to be 55 degrees and would appreciate having that information. So... That's a little aside on data, but um, really what I'm talking about here is value, right? It's it's what information do we have that is useful, uh, that is contextualized, that we can help uh, tell folks uh, so that they can actually run their cannabis businesses better because that's what we do. We build software to distill data down into the warning about in four hours, something not good is going to happen, so... You're probably going to want to change something. Specifically, we do this uh, on a lot of different avenues, but with retail data, point of sale data. And one of the things that we've been looking into recently with the point of sale data that we have and we've been analyzing is the idea of dispensary loyalty programs. So these are like, you know, all the programs that folks have where, you know, you go into the dispensary and it's your first time buying and... You know, they, they'll ask, you know, at the reception desk, or maybe you'll get a follow-up message, or maybe there'll be a kiosk, and it'll say, hey, you know, join our loyalty rewards program. 
uh, spend a dollar, earn a point in your loyalty wallet, right? And generally, most of these programs, whether they're implemented through third-party services or native into the point of sale, are generally very blanket. They're generally, hey, spend a dollar, get a point type of things. After a certain amount of points, receive some kind of dollar or percent discount. And a lot of dispensaries spend a lot of money on these, um, money on the implementation fees, money on the actual discounts that they're giving. And a lot of folks are considering implementing them. A lot of folks who have implemented them are asking how well they're working. And so we took it upon ourselves to try to answer some of that those questions, try to figure out, uh, well, what does it mean? Do dispensary loyalty programs specifically, are they used Right, so how many people are using them? Are they good at doing what they're intended to do, which is retain customers? Right, the idea behind, hey, if I have a loyalty loyalty wallet, and I have a lot of points building up for this specific dispensary, I'm more uh, likely to go visit that dispensary more often. Right, so I should get a increase in my order frequency, and my number of days between orders, and I should also. Uh, be more retained, uh, and dispensaries who utilize the loyalty program should see higher rates of retention. Uh, and dispensaries who use loyalty programs, you know, it's a draw to bring the consumers back in, right? So we we should expect that uh, dispensaries who use loyalty programs, first time consumers, consumers who only bought, bought, uh, purchased once, uh, are more likely to turn into repeat buyers, right? And then another question is around just the overall cost, right? Like how much in discounts are people using on these loyalty programs? How much in total dollars does it actually amount to and percent of your revenues does it actually amount to? And understanding the fact that consumers can get discounts in many ways, not just through loyalty programs. There are buy one, get one deals. There are uh, brand promotions where, hey, a brand would like to cover you know, a 20% off deal for this day. And so they're giving you a discount on the invoice to help cover offset that discount or something like that. Um, And there's a lot of those promotions that even if a dispensary has a loyalty program, they're often doing some kind of discounting on top of that. And so the question becomes as a consumer, which one is more attractive to me? Is it the, hey, I pay attention to the to the deals list, you know, I check it out, you know, I go onto Weed Maps and I look to see what the best deals of the day, or is it, hey, I have this uh, dispensary who I'm going to consistently, and because I'm going to it consistently, I'm not necessarily having to pay attention to the deals on the page, but I know that the more I go, the more discounts I'm getting because of my uh, loyalty wallet. So these these are all ideas and all questions that we have that we thought it would be prudent to answer. Um, and so what we looked at was uh, about 18 different storefronts and delivery hubs uh, up and down the state of California. Uh, folks who are uh, using our players tooling, uh, folks who are using some of the tooling and the analytics that we provide. Uh, and you know, we we effectively kind of aggregated up all this data, which basically described from March 2020 or April 2020, I should say, to December 2020, 82,000 orders across 164,000 consumers and $72 million of total sales. So that was that was the data sample we took a look at. And approximately a third of them 
were completed through delivery. So a fairly delivery-heavy sample, but again, this was after lockdown because we didn't want the event of lockdown to sort of, like, cause our data to get a little bit weird um, because large global cataclysmic events can do that to a data set. And we also wanted to keep it limited to California. So we wanted to be able to uh, observe a relatively consistent data set, uh, consistent product set, that kind of stuff, and not have necessarily regional market effects uh, cause us to come up with different uh, conclusions. And so what we found when we actually took a look in this loyalty data is some really interesting things. A lot of them do affirm on some level uh, that, you know, folks who are using loyalty programs clearly are more engaged. Uh, they are spending more money, but not as much as necessarily what one would think. Uh, and more importantly, dispensaries who were leveraging loyalty programs are not seeing differences between dispensaries who aren't uh, in key areas you would expect to justify the usage and implementation of a loyalty program. So of the dispensaries we have that had the loyalty programs, point-based loyalty programs, about a third of all their consumers, 30%, I should say, of all their consumers had used it at some point, right? Um, and that 30% of consumers used their points to discount approximately 20% of all orders. So that's a lot. So basically one out of every five orders had some kind of loyalty point discount on it. However, on average, when someone was using their loyalty points to discount their order, that discount was about 5%. Uh, a lot of the discounts were sub 5%. Right? So, so we did have a lot of folks who were, you know, on a $100 order, they're getting $5 off basically on average. Uh, the average ticket size across the sample, I should say, was approximately uh, $100. And even in those dispensaries who have the loyalty programs, the discounts that they were giving away on non-loyalty-based discounts, right? So if I'm going into a dispensary and that dispensary has a, a loyalty program and I'm a consumer at that dispensary and I'm on the loyalty program. If I use my loyalty points to discount a purchase, I'm getting $5 off a $100 purchase. If I'm using the deal of the day, as I was talking about before, if I'm using some brand promotion, if I'm using something I found on WeMaps, whatever it is, if I'm using some pre-built discount that is really open to everybody, I'm actually going to get $13 off on a $100 order, uh, which is nearly three times. It's actually two and a half times, but <laughs> nearly three times. Uh, three times as much discount than had I used my loyalty points, which strongly and furthermore, um, there's nothing really stopping me from coming back when the discounts or another brand discount is being run. Um you know, three days later, and yes, I've used up all my loyalty points, but, you know, even when I purchase again, I'm still going to make sure I'm still probably going to be able to get this like 13% discount, which is what we see on average. And a lot of time is that's because, you know, when people are doing these discounts, it's BOGOs, it's buy one, get one half off, it's 15% off, it's 10% off, it's 20% off, right? Which is just 
all of those values are much higher than the average 5% discount that people on loyalty programs are getting. So what does that mean? It means that if I'm a dispensary with a loyalty program, I have some sets of consumers who are more engaged. And by more engaged, I do mean of the consumers at that loyalty, sorry, at that dispensary who are using the loyalty program do have higher retention rates and they do have higher average ticket sizes because they are a more engaged population, as I keep saying. That population, however, if they only ever use their loyalty points to get discounts, as I mentioned, they'd be getting 5% deals on average. If that same population, however, decides to focus purely on, hey, how can I play the BOGOs to get the best bang for my buck as a consumer, they're going to be getting 13%. So they have a huge amount of incentive to sort of not really care about the loyalty program and really care and really focus in on the deals. Now, again, this is assuming a lot of things about consumer population. This is talking about a lot of things about, you know, do people care about discounted products versus is not discounting a product something that can actually boost behavior, right? Didn't get very deeply into that, but we did take a step back and look across dispensaries after understanding this discounting thing and Ask that fundamental question of, okay, wow, it sounds, seems like a lot of these dispensaries and even the ones without loyalty programs are spending a lot of money on just generic discounts, right? It seems in, in total across all discounts of any kind, you know, we're talking about something close to 10 to 12% of all revenue is going away in discounts, right? On a $15 billion industry, that's $1.5 billion per year of discounting. Essentially, that's occurring. So that's that's one thing to just generally call out. It's very interesting. Um, it suggests that there's, you know, a lot of, I think, price economics noise that's going on uh, that warrants a lot of further investigation. But going back to what I was saying. <laughs> fundamentally, if I can get a discount at a dispensary that doesn't have a loyalty program by playing their BOGOs. And if I can get a discount at a dispensary that does have a loyalty program, but by also playing their BOGOs, both of those, I'm getting better deals than if I joined either loyalty program. Maybe I'm getting a little bit more by joining the loyalty program at the second dispensary. But if that second dispensary who has the loyalty program, by having the loyalty program, can convince me as a consumer to come back more, we should expect more repeat purchasers at that dispensary with the loyalty program. Fundamentally, as a percent of the entire population, more people are coming back for their second purchase and third purchase and fourth purchase and fifth purchase and hundredth purchase if that dispensary is a loyalty program than the dispensary who doesn't. And unfortunately, this is where things really start to fall apart. What we found is that, again, from April to December, of folks who purchased for the first time in that time period, 60%, uh, 60% of the consumers at dispensaries who have loyalty programs came back in for a second purchased or more, 60%. So if 1,000 consumers purchased, 600 of them came back in. On dispensaries who didn't have loyalty programs, 69% converted. So of a thousand people who purchased, six hundred and ninety didn't come back in. Or sorry, came back in. Now, the difference between these two numbers, <clears throat> however, we did not find to be statistically significant. Which means that 
they're basically the same. They're basically the same number, uh, which is very important because part of the core thesis of loyalty programs is around that it makes people want to come back more. And if having one is able to make people come back more, we should be able to see a statistical uplift in conversion. And we don't. In fact, if anything, if you just look at the point averages, which any analytics person will tell you never do that. But (laughs) if you just look at the point averages, it even suggests that uh, the folks who don't have loyalty programs maybe even be better off on conversion. Now, I'm not going so far as to say that loyalty programs are detrimental at all. I actually think that there probably is a huge amount of value in them uh, if done appropriately, if gamified appropriately, and if very importantly marketed and utilized as a marketing tool set for a very specific population. Unfortunately, that's just not happening. Uh, We're giving blanket points out to a lot of people. There's no sense of like a barrier to entry. There's no incentive structures kind of really built in that are showing statistical uplift in conversions. Uh, And more than that, they're just not as financially significant to the consumer. Now, I'm not advocating necessarily for having 13% on average discounts overall. But as a cannabis consumer, if I'm trying to get more bang for a buck, if I'm deal shopping, if I'm the kind of person who cares about the kinds of discounts that I can get, which means I probably care about a loyalty program versus not, I'm actually going to be getting so much more quote unquote value to me because I feel as if I'm getting good deals because I'm shopping discounts by just nixing the loyalty program and discount shopping purely. And I think unfortunately a lot of that is happening. And I think that price economics and just like what's going on with online ordering and everything post lockdown, consumers are getting more intelligent to price and they're getting definitely more sensitive of potential discount. So I guess I'll kind of leave it a little bit there. It's about 15 minutes later or 20 minutes later. So it's almost 10 o'clock. I am going to probably go outside, have another cheeky joint and finish up here. But if you wanted to just like fast forward to the very end of this and just what am I trying to say? Loyalty programs do not appear to make the consumers more loyal. Loyal customers use loyalty programs and discounts are so much larger when a loyalty program isn't involved, even if you have one and you're using one at your dispensary. Now, again, 82,000 orders, 164,000 consumers. There are millions of consumers in this state. As we learn more, as we find out more, our conclusions may change. As the market involves, our conclusions may change. But for now, this is what we know. And that was Happy Cabbage After Hours with Andrew Watson. For more data insights and marketing solutions that will transform your cannabis business, join our mailing list. Visit us at happycabbage.io.